I love God. I love God. And everyone around you, they're like enemies. You know, there are some people naturally, everybody is fighting against them. Everybody is planning against them. Everybody don't like them. Hallelujah. Love is important. Our love for God will show in our walk with men. Our love for God will be reflected in the way we do his work. Our love for God will show in our relationship with people. There are different types of love. You have the agape love, the unconditional love, love that is not tied to anything. It's the God's kind of love. You have the filial love, love for things, love for people. You have the eros, eros love that's born out of lust and so on. You have the love that, you know, a parent or a father, a mother, we show to a child. It's called storage. And so on, the list goes on and on and on. But in this season, God is teaching us that love is important. I also like to let us know, as many of us know, love is one of the most abused words on earth today. Anybody can come and say, I love you. It's so easy to say, I love you. It's four letters, four letter words. L-O-V-E, love. But love is deep. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor say, love is deep. Love has depth. It's our prayers that God will open our eyes to the revelation of love today. And so the next time you look at somebody and you tell the person, I love you, you know what you're saying. Hallelujah. You know what you mean. You know what you're talking about. You know that you're not just quoting a rhyme or singing a song. The labor of love. Hallelujah. May God help us in Jesus' name. You know, these days, we talk about marriage. When people come together, they tie the knot. We hear people who have broken up just within hours of getting married. And you want to ask, was love ever there? Or it was just a matter of, I love you, I love you, and that's it. You know, when people talk about the marriage, marriage vows, I don't know, but it has changed a lot lately now. <laughs> you know, for Risha, for Pora, help me now. What else? In sickness and in health, yes. What else? For better, for worse. But it looks like it's been changed a lot these days. For better, I stay. For worse, I go. <laughs> Hallelujah. It looks like it's been changed a lot. You know, when, when people are making that vow, if, if, if I can just go down and say stop, can we just state only the second part of the, the vow? So for poorer, for sickness, for what? For worse, yes? In debt? Yes, just say only those words and ask yourself, will you still love? It's easy to say for life, 
for health. But the voice comes down when we're seeing the other parts. Love has depth. Love has depth. Hallelujah. I mean, we read about Jacob and Rachel. We all know the background of Jacob. Jacob, you know, was one guy that had everything done for him. He loved life the easy way. Sharp man. He loved to cut corners. His mother could knife with him. And they took away the birthright of his brother. We all know those stories. I wouldn't bore us with that. So Jacob had always been someone that they care for. Someone that likes life the easier way. Doesn't believe in labor. Doesn't believe in hard work. His father wanted to bless He had to pretend. They had to make him to be like his his brother. To receive the blessing. He loved the shortcut. That was his life. That was his way. That was his system. That was how his perception of life was. Do it the quick way. Do it the short way. We're going to be looking critically into that story. And we're going to be drawing some deep truths by the grace of God from that, from that um, sh- um, chapter of the Bible. And Joseph and Jacob, how he met Rachel. Because of all that he had done, he was forced to leave his father's house. Because his brother was angry with him. He had to move. He had to go to his mother's side. And then he went to Laban. His mother's brother, his uncle. But something amazing happened when he got there. Something unusual happened when he got there. And the first thing I'm going to, the first point I'm going to be speaking about today is love is responsibility. Love is responsibility. Love is responsibility. Um, The media team, if you can put up Genesis chapter 29. And verses 10. Genesis chapter 29 and verses 10. You see, the Bible says, And it came to pass when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, that Jacob went near and rolled a stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. Jacob saw Rachel. Immediately, something struck on his inside. He found love. You like defining love at first sight. He saw Rachel and like, wow. And immediately, the anointing of responsibility fell on him. What did he do in verse 10? (laughs) What did he do in verse 10? He rolled the stone away. Love. Yes, love is responsibility. That's the first thing I like you to know about love. He rolled it away. This was Jacob that had everything done for him. He went and rolled it away. 
he had found love. He had found love. It's responsibility. In the year 2012, I was about 27, going to 28 years of age. I started working then for maybe about two years. I was quite comfortable. And I went to one of my uncles. I respected him. I respect him a great deal. And I told him, I want to get married. <laughs> I've seen the lady I want to spend the rest of my life with. And he looked at me in pity. <laughs> yes, you're working. Yes, you're comfortable. But don't you think you're too young? This is responsibility that we're talking about. I said, yes. <laughs> he tried to convince me. Just wait a bit, you know. Have a girlfriend. As a matter of fact, I haven't even seen you with any girl. Do you even have a girlfriend? You just showed up off the blues and said you, you, you found a wife. Come on, have a girlfriend first. Let's, let's at least see that part. I said, I'm ready. He said, okay. If that's what you want. I, I didn't know that he, he didn't stop there. He was still not convinced. It was like, in his mind, what is this young boy getting into? What's, what's, what's his problem? Wait. Wait, what are you getting into? It's responsibility. He didn't stop there. I didn't know when I introduced my, my wife now to him. He, however he did that, I didn't know, but he set a tracker. He wanted to be sure. I hope this guy is not being misled. He wanted to be sure. One early morning, he called and said, Kefe, I said, yes. Uncle, he said, where do you say your wife lived? I told him the street. And he said, okay, okay. That means she's a good girl. I said, what do you mean? He said, I've, I've just seen, seen her coming off one street with a bag this early morning. I said, yes, she's going to work. I know. He said, it's responsibility. Do you know what you're signing up for? I said, yes. And to the glory of God, we've counted 10 years plus, and God has been faithful. Come on, celebrate Jesus. It is responsibility. You, are, you cannot profess that you love if you are not willing to accept responsibility in favor of that love. Love is responsibility. You must take on it and say, yes, I will go the extra mile. Yes, I will do it. It's not for better for stay, for worse I go. It is responsibility. Sometimes I think about how marriage is consummated in Africa. <laughs> And I compare it with how it is in the Western world. And to some extent, this is just me, don't quote me. I think that sometimes when it becomes too easy to set up, it becomes too easy to work out. <laughs> Hallelujah. I remembered how I traveled then. They will tell you, you go and see one uncle here. Thank you. You will go and see another one here. You will go and see another one here. You go and see another one here. And when you, when you need to dissolve it, you will still have to go and see them. 
Maybe when you think about that, you will have a rethink and say, let's work things out. Hallelujah. It's very easy. It's very easy. Are you ready? Do you want to marry me? Yes, let's go to the court. We'll do the papers. Yes, we're married. If father comes, that's fine. If he doesn't come, hey, dad, we're married now. That's it. Hallelujah. May God help us in Jesus' name. Jacob saw Rachel. And immediately the unction of responsibility fell on him. Because he found love. And he introduced himself. I am Rachel. I am Jacob, your uncle. Oh, is it your cousin now? I am the son of who? Rebecca. Is that? And she was excited and ran to tell her father all that had happened. And when Laban met Jacob, the Bible says, he kissed him, he hugged him, he welcomed him to the family. Jacob knew that. Because he had loved Rachel, he knew that if he employed the same strategy he was using in his father's house, he would not get what he wants. You cannot get to your in-law's house and be doing your hands like this to receive. No. It's another dimension entirely. Hallelujah. The second thing I'd like to bring to to, to our attention this morning about love is love transforms. Love transforms. Love changes people. Love changes things. Love works on people. Hallelujah. If you're truly in love, you can't remain the same. If you love God, in no time, God will make you like him. Love transforms. Love changes you. The Bible says as we beheld him, we're like in a mirror, being changed from glory to glory. That's what he does. It transforms. When we got married, um, newlyweds, going places together, I found out something about, about me. Praise God. Naturally, I'm a fast walker. I walk very fast. My wife takes her time. And then we're walking somewhere. We're going somewhere, for instance. And we're talking. And unconsciously, I'm two steps ahead. And she's like, you're walking with me. Come on. And that happened for a while. But I can tell you, 10 years down the line, I'm a better man. We walk side by side. (laughs) I have been schooled. Hallelujah. Love transforms. When we got married, I hope she forgives me, 8.30 p.m., she's gone to bed. I'm like, you sleep so early. I can be up till 12 midnight. I've, I've picked up the culture from my university days. 12, 1. Even when I'm not reading or doing it, I'm just up. I'm just. And I come from work. 8, she's gone to bed. I'm like, ah. <laughs> uh, I knew in my mind that something must change. <laughs> I mean, that's the time that 
families, they have to, to chat, to talk, to share how their day had been. Maybe we just finish eating and pff, after a while, we can start with a movie, 10 minutes into the movie. One evening I said to myself, she's sleeping. <laughs> can I continue like this? But you see, 10 years plus down the line, sometimes at 12.30 p.m., uh, midnight rather, hey babe, are you not coming to bed? I've got one more email to send and I'll join you. <laughs> Transformation. If you love God, you will keep your ego aside. You will keep your personality aside. He, so many things will be, will be pushed aside because of your love for God. Because of your passion for God. It is the love for God that pulls you closer. That takes away those shafts. That takes away those excess. That takes away the excess baggage. Hallelujah. Walking in love. Love, love has got labor in it. Love has got labor in it. It's got work in it. Hallelujah. Can you truly say I love God now? <laughs> Hallelujah. Can I hear you say I love God? <laughs> it's, it's, it's becoming difficult. Eh? <laughs> Hallelujah. Love is responsibility. Look at somebody say love is work. Hallelujah. Yeah. Jacob realized that he had always had everything he wanted on a platter. But this time, he must have to work for that which he wants. If you read down, at some point, Laban asked Jacob, you've been here for one month. You can't just be working for me like this. Jacob didn't care as far as he was concerned. He didn't negotiate anything. He just kept working. He just kept working. He just kept working. The anointing came upon him. He started working. He saw love. He started working for love. The labor of love. Laban said, hey, hey, hey. This, this work, I, I don't know. Let me understand what you want, really. Let me know what you want. Um, I think I have to pay you. You can't just be working like this. And he said, yes. You can pay me. Pay me. In short, I will give the terms. Jacob, Laban did not tell him to work for him seven years. He said, I will work for you seven years. Seven years in exchange for the hand of, he specifically said it, your second daughter, Rachel. He specifically said it. He didn't miss words. Where did Jacob find found Rachel? Rachel was busy doing something. The Bible says, for she was a shepherdess. She was taking care of the flocks. God will always locate you when you're busy doing something. If you sit down, I need a God-fearing lady for a wife. She must be tall. She must be beautiful. She must be this. What are you doing? Oh, I need 
a tall, dark, handsome man for a husband. He must be God-fearing. He must be this. He must be that. What are you doing? Rachel was busy doing something important when Jacob found her. Leah probably was somewhere in the house. The Bible didn't say what she was doing. But Jacob found her doing. May God find us doing in Jesus' name. Every single person that God called, God never called lazy people. Have you realized? Give me any name in the scripture. Is he Apostle Paul? He was doing something. Give me any name. Is he Peter? He was a fisherman. Just give me any name. God will not call lazy people. She was busy doing something. A woman, a shepherdess. All of a sudden, an anointing of work came on Jacob. Ah, no, I must work. Laban said, you know, Jacob, you can't, just tell me. He said, this is what I want. And he worked. He worked for it. Seven years, but something happened. That brings us to number three. Love is sacrifice. I said, number one, love is what? Responsibility. Number two, love transforms. Number three, love is what? Sacrifice. Jacob was willing to sacrifice seven years just like that. Somebody say just like that. Seven years for someone that he had found love with. He was willing. Let's do it. Let's do it. How many people will take a walk today? Maybe when they meet a Christian sister or a Christian brother and they say, oh no, um, sex must be after marriage. Say, no, I can't wait for this. I'm going. Seven years. He was working for what he wanted. But something funny happened. After the seven years was done, the Bible says, Laban held a feast, invited people, and later that night, he presented the bride to Jacob. A corn artist met the grandfather of corn artists. <laughs> Jacob took his wife. Didn't even bother to do anything. I want to assume there was no communication. He went straight to business. Straight to business. He still didn't realize anything. Because in his mind, I have labored for this for years. Ah, thank you, Jesus. And when the morning was come, Jacob looked and behold, it was Leah. A con artist was messed up by a bigger con artist. It was Leah. He was so furious. I have made this sacrifice. I have gone the extra mile. I have, I have, I have taken this step to get what I wanted. I specifically said I wanted Rachel. Why did you do this to me? And then Laban cooked up a tradition. Just the way people cook up tradition. When things happen that don't favor them. Say, no, you know, in our culture, you know, in our culture, the eldest has to be married first before the youngest. 
but Jacob was specific from beginning. Verse 18, he said, For Rachel, your second daughter, your second daughter, God's word is what breaks traditions. And I pray for us this morning, every tradition that is holding us bound in every aspect of our life, the word of God will break it out in Jesus' name. The Bible says in verse 20, can you put 29 verse 20, Genesis 29 verse 20. Genesis 29 and verse 20. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel and they seemed only a few days to him because of the love he had for her. (laughs) They seemed only a few days. Seven years went just like that. Every morning when he, caught, when he came out and was tending the, 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 the flocks and he looks at Rachel, I have hope, keep walking. He looks at Rachel, I have hope, keep walking. He looks at Rachel, I have hope, keep walking. What is that thing motivating you to walk for God? Apostle Paul said, I am persuaded. Neither death, nor life, nor height, nor things present, nor things to come. Nor any other thing will be able to separate me from the love of Christ. That's a conviction. That's a conviction. That's a conviction. Jesus said, I must walk the walk of him that sent me while it is day. For the night is coming when no man can walk. That's a conviction. That's a drive. What is your conviction for the things of God? Why are you doing what you do for God? Is it to be seen by someone? Is it to be acknowledged by someone? I love it. I've forgotten how Bishop Oyedepo usually puts this. He said, if God says he's no more God, I will still serve him. If God says he's no more answering prayers, I will still be grateful for all the prayers he has answered to me. If God says he's no more doing miracles, I will still celebrate him every day for the miracles he's done in my life. That's the level of conviction. That's the push. That's the push button. That's the drive. It looked to him just like a few days. Seven good years went like that. When genuine love exists, it is so easy to sacrifice. Hallelujah. God's ultimate sacrifice was born out of love. In John chapter 3 and verse 16, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And what what would happen? Whoever believes in him will not perish, but have... It It was love that propelled God to give. It was love that propelled him to give. One surest measure of love is sacrifice. It is, it is the surest way to find out. It's sacrifice. It is sacrifice. I watched a movie some time ago. Two young men, they were brothers, they were siblings. They were in love with one, one particular girl. It was the eldest having an affair with the lady and then something happened. It was as though the news went out that the elder one had died. So for years they didn't see him. And the younger one you know, fell in love with 
the other brother's um, fiancé. And they continued. Just before they got married, the other one who they thought was dead showed up. And there was this war. She's my girl, she's my girl. And the war kept raging. Everyone was confused. And the father of the bride had to think of a solution because it was get, everybody was getting devastated by what was happening. And then he devised a means. And they schemed with a doctor. And they put the, the girl in hospital and said she had kidney disease and required kidney transplant. And they wanted a donor. Somebody say sacrifice. Somebody say sacrifice. And one said, I'll pay anything. I'll pay anything. And the other one said, I'll pay anything. I'll pay anything. And they said, well, we've been able to get charity to sponsor the bills. We just want a donor. Can we have a test of your, both your kidneys and see which one would match? And one said, I have told you what I can do. <laughs> I can pay money. Don't touch me. And he walked away. And the elder one, you know, who they began together, said, if, it's, if it will make her come back to life, I will donate mine. And once he made that confession, the father showed up and said, you are truly her husband. Sacrifice. Sacrifice is what defines love. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Many marriages, many love relationships, they begin to develop crack at the very instance of anything that requires what? Sacrifice. It's easy to say in health, in sickness, and you get married to the person and the person is disabled, the two legs not working. Say, so this was not how we planned it from beginning, no. This was not how we planned it. Things have changed. Will you change also? Hallelujah. Jesus <laughs> looked at Peter. Say, Peter, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? What were the these? They had just had a sumptuous meal. What were the these? Jesus walked up to them after he resurrected. And he saw them, they were trying to, to catch fish. And he said, have you had anything all day? They said, no. And he said, throw it. And they got multitude of fishes. What are the deeds? The miracles. The good times. And he looked at Peter. Do you love me more than these? Hallelujah. Your love for God is the benchmark for how far you can go for the kingdom. May God help us in Jesus' name. Love requires commitment. As for Jacob, no dowry was too much to pay. No labor was too hard for him to endure. No duration was too long to wait. He was willing. He was ready. It's very important when God sees our love for him is moved to walk on our behalf. When God sees how far we're ready to go for him, he is moved to walk on our behalf. How much do you love God? 
The fourth point I'm going to talk about is love tribes where there is communication. Hallelujah. Love tribes where there is communication. If we say we love God, it has to be evident in how we communicate with God. It has to be evident. God has to be your father for real. You need to have that relationship with him. That love relationship. I don't care if you say I pray to God about the, the most, the minutest things. But it's, it's as a result of coming. It's as a result of a love relationship. You're walking on the street. You just go, oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. You're faithful. You're awesome. You're wonderful. You're worthy to be praised. The, the praise just wells up from your inside. You're driving and you just feel like praying in tongues. Something on your inside is communicating with God. It's a love relationship. It's a love language. If you read down, the Bible says, Jacob loved Rachel. But for Leah, he didn't love, the Bible did not say that he didn't love her, but he didn't love her as much as he loved Rachel. I believe there was communication. There was a flow of communication with Rachel. With Rachel, they had many things alike. They were doing the same kind of job. Going out with the ships. So their communication, they spoke a lot about many things. There was a bond. Leah just went on giving birth, giving birth, giving birth. Maybe this will make him love me. Maybe this will make him change his mind. Maybe this will make him attracted to me. But it was way beyond that. Praise the Lord. It was way beyond that. It was way beyond that. There was communication. As a matter of fact, she kept playing the victim card. They don't love me. They don't love me. Rachel was just being herself. Communicating. Being loved by her husband. May God open our eyes to the power of communication. In our walk with God. And even in our marital lives in Jesus' name. As much as people, you know, criticize King Solomon for marrying many wives, 700 wives, 300 concubines. One unique thing I found about him was that throughout his reign, there was no war. He didn't fight any war. You know why? Smart man. Once Solomon sees that this nation will be a threat to him, he just quickly goes there, takes one of their daughters and marries. If another nation is springing up there, that will be a threat to him. He goes there, take one of their daughters and marry. Don't quote me. <laughs> Hallelujah. But that strategy worked for him. He built alliance through love and he conquered without fighting battles, without shedding one blood. Love is powerful. Look at your neighbor, say, Love is powerful. Look at your neighbor, say, Love is powerful.
As I try to round up this, we must understand ourselves as we work with God. We must depend on Him. We must give our hearts to Him, to the work of His kingdom. Love goes beyond holding hands in the street and saying, I love you, and hugs, and all of that. Love has depth. When Jesus said, if you love me, if you love me, keep my commandments. He knew what he was saying. If you love me, if you say you love me, keep my commandments. Love has depth. Love has depth. Do you only love God when the goings gets when the going is good? When everything is working well, <laughs> your love will be tested when the chips are down. When it looks like nothing is working. Job had his love tested. His wife looked at him and said, What are you doing? Cause God and die. It's over for you. Life has ended. Just cause God and die. End it. End it officially. Don't be killing yourself in misery. He knelt down and said, The Lord give it. The Lord take it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That is love. That is love. The songwriter that wrote this hymn, When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my Lord thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. You know what happened to that songwriter? In a ship voyage, he lost his wife and all the children in one day. And when they brought the report to him, he broke down in tears. And the revelation of that song came to be. When peace like a river tends my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my Lord you have taught me to say, it is well. That is out of love. That is out of love. It is depth. Someone without depth to say, God, why me? But that is depth. May God help us in Jesus' name. In our work with God, it will open our eyes to uncover mysteries in the kingdom. To love our spouses. To love our partners. The truth is, for the men and the women, they are wired in completely different ways, in completely separate ways. If, for instance, my wife tells me, when you're coming, please, if you check the wardrobe, you'll find a bag there. Please bring it with you when you're coming. That's what she told me. This is just for instance. But in her mind, she will think that she has told me to bring the brown bag. Watch this. When I get to the wardrobe, I see a black bag, I see a brown bag, I see a yellow bag, I see a green bag. And I think, okay, maybe it's the black one that she would want. And I pick the black one. And when I get to her, I said, oh no, I meant, I said the brown one. But you didn't say. But I thought you would know. I I just painted a scenario. Do, Do you understand the differences? 
There are gaps. They are wired that way. We are wired that way. Men are wired towards specifics. A lady is wired that way. She will think she's told you. She will say it. Or maybe you didn't hear. But either way, communication will help bridge gaps. Where there is effective communication, gaps will be bridged. Where there is effective communication, gaps will be bridged. Jacob walked. And the Bible says, he walked again. When he saw that what he wanted, he didn't get. He would have just taken his bags and left Laban and said, I have been scammed. Terribly scammed. I'm going. He stayed. Laban said to him, Okay, don't worry. Just do the purification. Serve another, you know, seven years and I'll give you Rachel. I'm sure Jacob looked at Rachel again and said, Yes, yes, I will serve. I will serve. You know, I had thought before now until I read this over again that he actually did another seven years before Rachel was given. If you read critically, you see that after one week, after the period was passed, Jacob, Laban, gave Rachel to Jacob. After receiving Rachel, he did the seven years' work. <laughs> but guess what? Jacob was all transformed by love. As a smart man, as a con artist, this was where he would have taken off. Because they gave him Rachel before he had to work the other seven years. But he has been converted. Love had transformed him. Even after he got what he wanted, he stayed. Hallelujah. That's what love can do. Stand to your feet and give him praise. Just give him praise. Give him praise for the word that you've heard today.